When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. The names behind the numbers. The stories behind the names. This is the Her Hoop Stats Podcast with John Little. I just appreciate their engagement, their investment, their communication, and their love for each other and how they want to figure out, you know, how to make the world a better place. The biggest newsmakers, the best storytellers, the Her Hoop Stats Podcast. Here's your host, John Little. I am so excited to share this conversation with you. Thank you so much for being here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers and the father figures out there. And I'm a dad. I just wanted to go ahead and get this out there today because, you know, I'd like to spend the rest of my dad's day uh, with my kids today. And we got a couple things planned, so I hope you don't mind me dropping this just a little bit early on a Sunday. You don't mind, do you? Thanks again for being here. And for those that download the podcast every single week, you are why we do it. From the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of everybody's heart at Her Hoop Stats, we appreciate it. We had another unplugged podcast, so make sure you go back and listen to Thursday's edition. Just talking about the bubble situation in the WNBA, and my gosh, it's ever-evolving. No new news has come out necessarily, so we're kind of on the speculation train right now as far as what is going to happen in Bradenton, Florida with the WNBA, but this week we'll find out who's in and who's out as far as participating in the season this year, and then hopefully we'll get a WNBA season started here fairly soon. But right now, all we can do is pray and wait and hope, right? Well, our guest this week is Jaylee Mitchell, the head coach of the North Texas Mean Green basketball team. Like I said, excited to share this conversation with you. Coach Mitchell and I, we go back several years now. I was the voice of North Texas women's basketball for three seasons 
just so fun traveling with that team, going where they go, covering their games. I had so much fun talking to Coach Mitchell every day, and I just wanted to bring some of that to you because she is just a joy. She's a delight. Um, she's one of those people that most of the time, you know, when she's not in real coaching mode, has that smile on her face, and uh, her enthusiasm just shines through. Such a pleasant person to be around, and I'm so thankful to have her in my life. So I, I take so much pride in what she's doing at the University of North Texas. So a little bit about Coach Mitchell. I mean, we'll get into the story for sure, but you know, she's the best player ever at the University of North Texas. She is one of two players that has her number retired, her number 44, up in the rafters at the Super Pit in Denton. And then after a couple of assistant coaching stints at UNT, she follows Karen Aston up to Texas and is a part of her program for a few years. Did a great job forging great relationships while she was up there with players like Ariel Atkins. She's just so well-respected in the industry, and when she had an opportunity to come back to her alma mater and be the head coach, she said yes, they said yes, a match made in heaven, and continually a program that was pretty down for several years is making a rise back up. Had a 12-win season last year, not exactly what they wanted, but they were so young and so injury-laden that you can certainly understand that little step back. Uh, Now they've got a stacked roster for next season, I certainly hope 2020-2021 is able to come around so they can show you what they got because they've got a lot, I guarantee you that. But we had to start out uh, taking Coach Mitchell's temperature about what's going on in our country as well. So that's kind of where we start here with Jaylee Mitchell on the Her Hoop Stats podcast. No problem, John. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And we're recording this on June the 3rd. This has been about as tough a week and a half as we've had in this country in a, a long, long time. And of course, coming on the heels of the coronavirus uh, the death of George Floyd is on the top of everyone's mind, and it has certainly been emotional. How has it impacted you, Coach Mitchell? Well, me personally, you know, I, I think it's just um, interesting how that became such a turning point because, you know, we've talked about uh, as coaches, as, as people, how this thing has happened before, but, um, you know, I believe with the death of, of George Floyd, there was just, it just took everything over the top, in my opinion. And it was one of those things to where uh, everybody paid attention. Everybody, um, you know, showed up. Everybody felt uh, how incredibly sad and, and frustrating. And, um, you know, especially, specifically our young adults, which I know we're, we're going to talk about them soon. But I, I believe it was just really eye-opening. And, um, you know, I believe, for lack of a better term, it, it, it's been game changing, you know, life changing, world changing. And um, the fact that, you know, since then, there's been so much uh, protesting and rioting and you got the looting and you got, you, you know, you just have so many different responses and so many different opinions and feelings. And, and you have social media now. So everything is out there, you know, for people to see and. Uh, you know, I, I find myself, to be honest, taking a break from it every now and then. I mean, you want to know what's going on and what's being done. But at the same time, it can be, um, you know, I woke up in tears, uh, <laughs> you know, a few days in a row. It was just like, 
I felt like waking up like, man, this is, there's no reason for me to be crying, but there's every reason for me to be crying. And, um, I think the biggest part about that is to, to channel those emotions and figure out how to take action, which I believe is, you know, what our players have, have done. And, and they took it upon themselves to come up with that statement together. Um, all 16 of them, you know, they, they got together and made sure that they said everything that they wanted to say, needed to say. Uh, and I believe they they chose their words very eloquently. I'm so extremely proud of, you know, how they're representing themselves during this time. Um, because what you do, you, you want to make it better. You want to find a way to make it better and not make it worse and find the ways that would actually uh, help to change things versus uh, them continuing to stay the same. So um, I just appreciate their uh, engagement, um, their investment, their communication, um, and their love for each other and how they want to figure out, you know, how to make the world a better place. And I'll just go ahead and read that statement here. As a team, we are deeply saddened by social injustice. Although this issue has been occurring for centuries, the recent events have called us to take action. As young adults, we have the opportunity and platform to speak out and come together during this troubling time. We stand together with hope that justice will be served for the lives that have been lost in recent and past times due to injudicious behavior. We are proud to be a diverse team that will continue to strive for the equality of all races. We believe speaking on the injustices is the first step toward equality. We are proud to use our voices as student athletes and at the University of North Texas to express our concern and empathy. And that's from the players of the University of North Texas women's basketball team. And like you said, it has caused everybody, it seems like, in the sports world, uh, in, in every walk of life. But uh, this is a sports show, so to speak. And, and so l- let's talk about the impact it's had on sports. It, it, it's caused a lot of people uh, to step up um, across all races and, and, and make commanding statements. What do you think about that aspect of it that so many people have felt compelled to make their voices heard in these past 10 days? Yeah, to be honest, I think it's extremely helpful. You know, I I believe, um, you know, social media has kind of been one of those things where you can kind of just get on and and share your thoughts about anything or retreat or, you know, whether it's funny or um, sad or celebration or, you know, kind of just spreading information. Um, But I believe at this point, uh, what it has caused people to do is really recognize the platform that they have. I mean, you're able to say something on there and reach millions. And so, um, you know, how can we use that in the right way for the right thing? And and I just, I feel like that's something huge that has come out, uh, especially for collegiate athletes. You know, um, I think professionals always knew, you know, they kind of had that voice, but now I believe there's been a trickle down um, even to the high school level, you know, and they're understanding that, hey, I can I can start something. I can do something. I can take action. And and I believe the fact that they're uh, even trying to do that, you know, and, and using that as a way to make a difference is really inspiring. And and I, I hope that it um, it really causes change to happen in, in a major way. I, I would love for that, you know, for them to feel like they contributed in a way that led to this, because you never know, you know, what, what you can do positively um, when you use that platform in the right way. 
absolutely. And let's see what comes out of this. But at the same way, there's no question the the conversation around racial injustice has changed in even in the last 10 days. And, and it's become so much more um, accepted to bring those things up, if that makes any sense. I, I mean, it's just and it's and it's on such a different level, too. I mean, different levels right. of it, very, very deep levels where we're seeing people talk about their experiences as African-Americans and how different and difficult it has been for them uh, in their lives. Uh, how has that impacted you to see some of those stories come out? You know, it's it's um, it's really interesting. And it's, um, you know, in some sense, some instances really hurtful. But, you know, I think it's it brings light to the fact that, you know, we don't talk about these things very often. Uh, it's one of those things that you're not necessarily ashamed of. You might be, you know, in certain circles, but you also it, you've been raised to not feel sorry for yourself, you know, or and and make sure that you're not um, speaking or talking in a way that where you're looking. It seems like you're looking for pity, you know, or you're looking for a handout of some sort. You, you're just taught to kind of um, go get it on your own, you know, go do what you have to do, you know, be quiet, work hard. And, you know, um, great things will happen. So it's it's one of those things where I, I think that um, it's made it, like you said, it's made it okay. Um, and there's a comfort level, especially when you see other people doing it, you know, you kind of um, are able to to share in that and, and not feel alone and not feel uh, afraid and not feel embarrassed. Uh, and so, again, in that way, I think it's really um, significant, you know, and, and maybe uh, hopefully it will uh, be this or continue to be this way going forward. And we not go backwards to that space where we felt like we couldn't have a conversation, because to be honest, the way, um, you know, when you look at it, I think everybody needs the conversation, not just um, black people, but all people. We need the conversation so that there's some type of of understanding, not, not pity, not embarrassment, not hurt, but understanding, uh, and acceptance. And, um, you know, I guess really just trying to put yourself in someone else's shoes and see how they experience the world and, and try to make that better in whatever way you can. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say is it can't just be African-Americans. It's, it, you know, people of, uh, of every race, we've all got to be able to talk about our experiences with race or how we have seen African-Americans even through, even if it's not an intentionally a slanted way or, you know, uh, something where, where we're consciously um, uh, and overtly uh, being racist. We've just got to be honest and, and look at the ways in which we have slighted people over the years. And, and unless we're honest about that, all of us, you know, things probably don't get much better from here, but they've got to. They, they absolutely have to. They do. And and, and I, I believe people have just been oblivious. You know, when you, you grow up, it's just kind of this is how things uh, have been. This is how they were. So this is how they are, you know. And so it, it takes that courage. It takes that voice. It takes that understanding to to stand up and, and make sure that there's change and make sure that you we kind of, you know, 
put a magnifying glass on it and say, I know this is how we've been doing it, but it's not right, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not okay. And, and we don't, you know, need to just um, do whatever people used to do. Let's, let's make a new day. Let's make a new way and make sure um, that our world is better. Mm. We're speaking with Jaylee Mitchell, the head coach of the North Texas Mean Green. I've just loved this conversation so far. Another thing I wanted to get to is you've never seemed like a coach that has, you know, told her players not to post or anything. I'm not sure the social media training you go through. I know every team has to do it um, these days. How do you think that an event like this and, and the way that social media has aided in this conversation over these past 10 days. How do you think it might change the way that that coaches encourage kids, their their players to use social media? Well, I think there's been change already, you know, because there there are those things that may seem like, oh, you don't want them to say that or, you know, what if that, <laughs> you know, comes back to, to bite them later. But it's one of those things uh, that really shouldn't bite them later. You know, they're, they're being honest. They're speaking their mind. They're speaking from their heart. They're, they're sharing their experiences and, and their real life. And I don't think it's okay to, to hide real life. I mean, obviously for, for us, from a social media training standpoint, I've always encouraged them to use their platform wisely. You know, everything that you put out there, it stays out there regardless of whether you Deleted or not, you know, it's out there somewhere in, in cyberspace, <laughs> you know, and it can always come back uh, to you. So be very careful um, about what you post, what you say, what you encourage. There's no way you can think that something is is bad um, if, you know, one particular person says it, but then it's OK for you, you know. So, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated, um, you know, post things that are acceptable to everyone, you know, and that won't harm or offend or um, whatever. And, and I don't think anything about this particular topic that we've been talking about, I don't think it can be considered offensive because it's fact. Um, and so I do believe that it's it's opened some minds about what we can say and, and what we can't and what makes sense and what doesn't, and what's good and what's bad. And I, I just think it's... Um, I think it's very freeing, um, you know, in a sense that some things that maybe we we didn't think were okay are are okay. I love the way you put that. Has your team been gathering in Zoom calls during the off season yet, or is, how is that working? Yes, that's been our saving grace. Man, <laughs> it's been awesome to just you know to see them, and uh, you know, so we've had Zoom calls, we've had individual Facetimes and things like that. I mean. Um, it's, it's, this is three and a half months, I believe that we have not been able to, to see each other physically. And, and it's, it's crazy. Mm. You know, I've never in my life, you know, been in a situation like this. I've never in my life been at home this long. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's really different. It's been an adjustment and, and one that, you know, I'm excited to, to change when it's safe to do so. Did your team have uh, a Zoom call specifically on this subject? Is that kind of how they came together with with this statement, or or how did that come well, about? They, they got together via via phone. Um, I kind of I don't want to get too deep into NCAA rules, but mm. you can only have those Zoom kind of mandatory or arranged meetings when you're in your it, we're in the summer right now, so you have eight weeks in the summer. So whenever you determine those eight weeks are. 
uh, is when you can have those types of calls and meetings. And so since we're not in our eight week time period, they uh, did a great job of taking it upon themselves to, you know, get together via phone, FaceTime, text, whatever, make sure that what they wanted to say came from everybody and was was um, um, supported um, and approved by everyone. You've got an eclectic group of kids for sure. I mean, you were very young last year, extremely mm-hmm. young, uh, and a lot of that youth is still around. And then you've got uh, a, some transfers, uh, about three Division One transfers that are kind of waiting in the wings right now. And then uh, you've got a couple uh, older players on the uh, on the team too. Uh, just as a group, what kind of team is this to be around, or what kind of team was it to be around <laughs> last year? They they are so much fun. A uh, lot of different personalities. Um, you know, you mentioned the the age difference or grade difference. Um, and yes, we we are very young, and so we were getting to know each other uh, better. I, I would say that probably sums up last year. You know, it was something new or something interesting or something funnier. You know, we were just learning a lot about one another. Um, the young ones, they were learning a lot about the game at this college level. And, um, you know, I think that we found, uh, even though it wasn't the year we wanted it to be due to, you know, injuries in youth, I think at the same time, we found some things to um, be encouraged about. We found some things to celebrate. We found some things, um, you know, to grow, some areas to grow in uh, that I believe are going to take us so much further this year. And I'm, I'm really excited for this group. And uh, I'm, I'm happy. I, what, what was really, um, you know, encouraging for me last year was the way they hung in there, the way they kept their head, the way they stayed together, the way they kept fighting. You know, um, they're a tough group. They're really, really tough. And, um, you know, I look forward to, to what's to come. I know this year is a little different. We have no idea kind of, what it's going to look like, but at the same time, we're looking forward to it. We're visiting with Jaylee Mitchell, the head coach of the North Texas Mean Green, and going way, way back, oh uh, she was a star. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, just one way back, sorry. She was a star <laughs> at uh, Duncanville High School and uh, was part uh, of a team that included the great Tamika Catchings, who was one of our first guests on this podcast last summer. What a person uh, she is, and now she's kind of a, a, a double Hall of Fame or two, or you know, however many Halls of Fames she's right. in. <laughs> what do you remember about that year? I believe it was your sophomore year, her senior year. Is that correct? Were you guys? Uh... Uh, I'm junior. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Got you. Well, uh, and uh, what do you remember about that that year playing with Tamika Catchings? I remember her throwing. Uh, I, well, I remember me throwing her a lot of alley oops. That is probably. <laughs> My favorite memory is just, you know, having, um, you know, you mentioned her being a great person. She is just amazing, you know, and she was even, she was amazing at a young age and um, just really fun to be around. Always very um, welcoming and friendly and fun to be around and a great teammate. Um, You know, although we knew she was so good, she never made it seem like she was above any of us, you know, and um, she just always had her arms wide open, you know, for people in general. And so I I just, it was fun, like I said, for me to throw those alley-oops to her and and to do whatever else that I could to make sure um, that 
not only I was being a great teammate to her, but that we were using our our strengths and that we were, um, you know, I, I think back then it was like, oh, she's going to Tennessee. So everybody had these really eye, you know, kind of eyes wide open and she's so good. And our, our gyms would be so packed, you know, to come and see Tamika Catchings. And, um, you know, so it was, we all embraced that, you know, we all wanted her to shine and wanted her to be on uh, the stage that she's on. I think we all saw um, in her then uh, what maybe she didn't even see in herself. And so um, I think it's been amazing to really watch her as years have gone by and her success in college and the pros and, and beyond, even now having her own business and having her own um, organization, um, being the GM of the Indiana Fever. I mean, come on, you know, what more, <laughs> what more can you do? And so she's just an incredible role model, uh, role model, not only in sport, but in life. And uh, I know I, I went a long way with answering your question. I apologize for that. But uh, when I talk about her, it's just, it's easy to keep talking, you know, because uh, again, she's, she's done a lot of great things and there's so much more uh, on the way, but back in high school, I mean, she was the person she is today. And, um, you know, I'm just, I feel very blessed and fortunate to, to have not only played with her, but to still be uh, friends now. What I love about Tamika Catchings is that although, and I, I saw a great article written a little while ago about, you know, they have the, all, all this different stats uh, these days and win shares, you know, how many wins are you worth, basically? And uh, by this metric, she was worth more wins than anybody else in WNBA history. So, you know, they were making the case that she was the best player ever. And, and maybe yeah. and, and maybe she is. I, I know you probably uh, would be fine she with to believe in that. She gets my vote. Yeah, absolutely. But but she. <laughs> But she is a person. Here's what I love. I, I mean, she doesn't like care about that at all. I mean, she's super flattered when anybody has anything nice to say about her genuinely flattered mm -hmm. uh, about it still after all these years and all these successes. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's what makes her special, you know, very humble and just gracious. I, I will tell you, if you're in the Indianapolis area or driving through or something, you got to stop by Tease Me in Indy. I'm not going to promise you that you'll see her, but you will get some amazing tea and chicken salad sandwich if you if you like. Um, that that's my favorite thing, and um, I I just I think it's so um, awesome for her to to have a place that she can call her own and and a place that's growing. And uh, I mean, I think she has, uh, if I'm not mistaken, has plans to. Uh, expand or maybe build another one if, if, um, if I remember correctly. So, uh, you know, she's she's doing what Tamika Catchings does. She's winning. Absolutely, she is. And I, I know she's going to get the, the fever right back where she wants him to be as well as the GM. So as far as Duncanville High School basketball goes, for anybody around the country who's just not familiar with why Duncanville girls basketball is so awesome, how would you explain it? <laughs> Great tradition. Uh, it's not called the City of Champions for nothing. You know, I was just speaking with somebody the other day about how, you know, coming up through Duncanville, um, I believe I was there starting in fifth grade. And you always, 
you know, came up watching the varsity team and uh, having those players as your role models and wanting to be like them, you know, wanting to work hard to get to that point. And, and once you got to that point, it was like, man, I can't mess this up. You know, <laughs> we've been winning so much and we've been doing so well. And, you know, I, I you, again, you love these players and you watch them go off to college and, and that's what you want to be. That's what you aspire to be. And so, uh, again, I, I think just the tradition of it and, and the history and the people that, that spent so much time making it what it is, not just girls basketball, but um, other sports as well. But uh, obviously I will give a special shout out to Sandra Meadows, you know, and um, also my coach, Sarah Hackett, who was her assistant for a long time before she took over as head coach. But um, those people mean the world to me. I thought they did an incredible job. Kathy Self Morgan, you know, she was um, after um, uh, a few years after my coach, but uh, at the same time, just carried on that, that rich tradition. And so I am, um, I am proud to be a Pantherette and forever will be. Um, and, you know, if you, if you kind of look at it now, um, they just won state this this past year, actually, girls basketball. Um, so it's it's not letting up, you know. We're um, everybody around there takes it very seriously, you know, very passionate about about sports in general, and and they want it to be, um, you know, the best in the state, best in the country. So they'll work hard to make sure that happens. Year after year, they are there. Well, you are known as the best player in University of North Texas history. They were the Lady Eagles back then when you played from 1998 <laughs> to 2002. An outstanding player in the Sun Belt, even winning uh, Player of the Year your senior year and uh, also going to a couple of NITs. All-time leading scorer. I don't even know where to start with your career other than to say you know, why did you pick the University of North Texas in, in a time where so many players can't seem to stick around for four straight years in one spot? Um, mm -hmm. Why Why did you? Why did you love the University of North Texas once you got there? Well, what was interesting about, about then, what I didn't share, you know, going back to, to high school when I started playing basketball, I mean, I, I'm a very... I'm a family person, you know, my, my family is very supportive. They did not miss a game. I'm talking middle school, high school, AAU, whatever it was, you know, they were there and they were present. And so, um, you know, when it came down to choosing a school, um, there were several reasons that I chose uh, UNT, but I'll give you the first one is because the other school I was interested in was in Washington, D.C. And at the end of the day, it was kind of like, you know, that that's too far. You know, I, I want to feel uh, close to my family. I want them to be able to see me play and to support me. But at the same time, I, I looked at the University of North Texas as an opportunity uh, because like, it was different from Duncanville and that there wasn't that rich tradition and history there. It was, you know, go and build it, go and create it. And, you know, that was a challenge that I, I accepted, you know, if, if I'm going to stay home, I'm going to go to a place where I can make a difference. I'm going to go to a place where, um, you know, the coaches believe in me and um, I can get a great education and at the same time leave a mark. And, you know, I didn't really know what all that meant at the time, <laughs> but um, I am so happy that I chose you and you ended up being the perfect place for me, perfect fit. Um, I was able to, 
you know, um, accomplished a lot on and off the court. And so I, I always give a, a ton of credit to, you know, my coaches, my, my teammates who are still my best friends to this day. Um, we put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into it and, and to the point where, you know, that blood turned mean green. And <laughs> I am, um, you know, I'm just really, um, you know, forever indebted to, to those who, who, again, believed in me and pushed me and, and um, were a part of my decision making. To the point where it just keeps drawing you back and keeps drawing you back. I know, I know. <laughs> Well, and, and, and that's what's, what's funny. I, I had a great conversation. I'll, I'll shout out uh, LaGina Howard, you know, who's the current um, high school coach at Duncanville and, and won her first state championship, her one state championship in her first year. But we, we had a conversation just about your roots and about being home and how uh, it makes all the difference in the world. I mean, when, when you've um, you know, poured into a place so much and so much of your life has been spent there and, and you have great times and great memories. I mean, it just becomes a part of you. And so I, I just finished my 12th year um, coaching uh, on the college level. And uh, let's see, eight of those years have been at the University of North Texas. Couple different stints as uh, an assistant, but I, I want to talk about even before that because really coaching wasn't your first choice, was it? As far as your career, <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um, I was a finance major, and um, I grew up believing that I wanted to own my own bank one day, um, and so that was kind of that was my path. You know, I'm going to go be this big time banker. Uh, you know, and, and continue growing and follow that path to, to owning my own bank. And, you know, what's, what was funny about that is uh, about two years in, I was like, man, I was much more passionate about basketball. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, I just don't know that I realized it until that moment when it, when it, when I didn't have it, you know, and so, um, it was even strange to try to watch it on TV or, or go to games. I just, I wanted more. And, um, at the same time, you, you know, you just miss going to, going to work every day and having that. And when I say work, I mean, as a player or whatever, you just miss going to that gym every day and doing something you're extremely passionate about where you can be really energetic, where you can have a voice, where you can compete. I mean, that's just, you know, your blood gets boiling and your adrenaline is is going and it's just uh nothing like it there's really no feeling like it in the world and um you know I had some exceptional coaches that were part of my life and and just you know knowing I could be there and, and be that for uh some other young women you know more of a, a mentor and help to facilitate their growth on and off the court um was just something that that uh spoke to me at that point in time and, and it was just like you, you've been doing this wrong, <laughs> you know, so let, let's get it right. Let's, let's take the opportunity and, and get back in. And um, I was thankful to be uh, afforded opportunity again um, by just some great people that have, have followed me and supported me all my life, all my career. And, um, and the rest is history. Was it kind of an open dialogue between the time you graduated and uh, then got into the coaching world between you and, and Coach Slinker during that time? Like, hey, if you ever want it, here's this seat right here for you. Or or how did that work? No, I want to say at that two-year point in time, I did call her and we had a conversation and 
Uh, I actually um, talked to a couple other um, coaches at the time um, in different places at different schools about an opportunity to, to get into the profession and get started. Um, and she helped me with that a great deal. Um, but also, you know, back then I talked to Coach V, Rick Villarreal, and, and um, actually they were – UNT had actually just lost um, – a coach. Coach Coach Slinker was basically on, on her way out. And so Coach uh, Shanice Stevens was coming in at the time. And so she was the one to actually, you know, hear me out and give me the opportunity to start my college career. And so I'm forever thankful to her for that. Along the way, Karen Aston was involved in your life as well in a deep way. Tell us when you first met Coach Aston and mm-hmm. uh, tell us about the, the stops that you've been at with her yeah so I first met her when I was playing in high school she was an assistant at North Texas and recruited me and so we were building a relationship and um, she was actually a big reason why I knew so much about North Texas a big reason why I decided to come you know she she shared with me what what I could potentially do there and and, uh, and the opportunities that I would have and and I just, I believed in it. I, I heard her out. I saw it when I came on my visit and um, I, I decided to, I, I committed there. She was actually still there as an assistant when I committed, but over that summer uh, before my freshman year is when she got a job uh, under Jody Conrad at Texas to be her assistant. And so I never got to play under coach Aston, but we remained close um, just the entire time. You talk about a, really a 20 year span at the 20 plus year span at this point. Um, but I, I always paid attention, always kept up, always supported her, even when she left Texas and, and got her first head coaching job at Charlotte. And um, it turns out I spent two years at North Texas, uh, ended up going to UNC Wilmington uh, to coach with Cynthia Cooper. Um, and after one year, um, Coach Aston got the head job here at North Texas, and she asked me if I wanted to come back home with her, and it was a no-brainer. Of course I did. <laughs> and so uh, I thought it was really neat that we both had the opportunity to come back to a place where we got our start, in a sense, you know. And um, we had a we had a really nice year uh, that year, and uh, who knew Texas was going to come calling, but they did. And uh, again, really, really fortunate that she thought enough of me um, to take me with her to Austin. And uh, that was just, I thought, a great step for me is from from a career standpoint. You know, I, I got to see um, uh, another place, another level, another, um, you know, institution uh, who, I've, you know, really a rich tradition in sports, sports. Uh, especially women's basketball. And uh, so that was very, very neat um, because I I got to see some things that I would want to have in my own program uh, whenever that day would come. And and again, for me, who knew it would come three years later? Um, But very fortunate that that she was supportive of me and and pushed me to take this opportunity and, and, um, you know, she felt like I was was ready, and I, she probably felt that way a lot more than I did. <laughs> it was just one of those things. It's kind of it's it's nerve wracking a little bit. It's like, man, this is a big job, but at the same time, you know, she gave me all the confidence in the world that I could do it, and um, I'm excited to be here, ecstatic to be here. 
she pushed you out of the nest and uh, up to Denton uh, to be a part of the the North Texas Mean Green. How did you sell yourself for that job? I, you know, it sh- it shouldn't have taken too much. I mean, did you just kind of point to the rafters, or how did how did that happen? <laughs> I did not point to the rafters. Okay, <laughs> I, I will say, you know, Coach V was a, a person that I stayed in touch with as well. So he had got he had kept up with with my growth as a coach as an individual. Um, you know, just very supportive of, of my time. And, uh, really, I, I think kind of the, the story he tells at least is that he called Coach Aston to ask her if I was ready. And she said yes. And he said, okay. And, uh, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> what a great story. What a great story. But, uh, you know, after the, the long, hard road of, of being an assistant coach, you certainly deserved it. And now, uh, here we are and it just, uh, you know, Coach Aston exits in Texas and you've got two of her assistants, uh, you know, now mm-hmm. assisting for you for this next year. Uh, how fortunate do you feel to be able to add that to your staff for the coming year in, in Coach uh, Jamie Carey and, and then Kelby Jones, who uh, I, I know was uh, came up through your program as well as an assistant, too? Yes, he did. Well, he he um, when I took the job here, he was actually a, the, like the head manager um, and. You know, when I when I took the job, I had everybody around telling me how great he was, how uh, hardworking he was. And, you know, so I ended up keeping him as a part of the program. And that was the best decision I could have ever made in year one. I mean, I just love him. Uh, and, and when he graduated from North Texas, he went and spent the next four years at Texas as first a graduate assistant and then was promoted to director of analytics, video coordinator. So he got a lot of experience with video and scouting and recruiting, um, you know, and, and he just really is a, uh, again, when I say hardworking, I mean, he's going to be there first and he's going to leave last and he's going to try to try to learn and, and navigate every possible uh, area of this this job and, and and try to be the best at it he he hates for someone to know more than he does so <laughs> i i was just very fortunate to be in a position to be able to bring him back home and um you know i think he's he's just going to be amazing and uh you know on top of that we talked about jamie carey i mean we never had the chance to work together at texas but of course you know she was one that uh especially when I was working at Texas, you know, you heard so much about her and her heart, her passion and uh, how good she was, how great of a teammate she was. And being here at North Texas and having players that I recruited still playing at Texas, you just heard them rave about her so much, about how invested she is and how hard she worked to make sure that they were better. The gym time, the film time. And I mean, she's just an incredible person, incredible leader. Uh, she's going to be an incredible head coach someday. And I just am, am glad, you know, that I had the opportunity to bring her here and, uh, for her to help our young women. And I know they're ecstatic about it and looking forward to it. Um, and again, they haven't even been able to meet, but when that does happen, it will be a great day. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, I, I want to kind of leave with this and, and talking around this with you, and you've just been tremendous. I've always wondered how much pressure you feel at North Texas as a coach when you are one of the all-time greats, if not the, you know, the best player to ever play there, certainly the most decorated player 
to ever play there. How, how much pressure do you feel, and, and how tough was that to take on, and, and does it get better over time? Well, I think that was the thing that made me, you know, I was never necessarily hesitant to take the job, but I, I did feel a certain way because you, anytime anyone does anything, I, I would think they want to be great at it. You know, I, I'm extremely hard on myself. I always have been uh head coach or not. And so there, there's no pressure that, you know, that can be put on me. That's more than what I put on myself. Uh, I mean, every day I wake up as man, how can we be better? How can we be better? What do I need to do? How, how can I lead, um, you know, us to where I know that we can go. And so, um, it is, uh, an incredible amount of pressure that I put on myself, <laughs> but at the same time, I, I believe that that's what fuels me and that, and what pushes me to, um, you know, push my coaches and push my players. And, um, because I just, I know what a gym we have here at the university of North Texas. I know, um, you know, what we are capable of. You've, you've seen it from, you know, Seth Luttrell, Grant McCaslin, you know, even us, you know, just a season ago, um, we're able to, um, win postseason games for the first time ever. You know, we, we'd been to postseason, but we hadn't won any. So, uh, it, it's, we're right there, you know, and, and it's, it's, um, my job, my duty to make sure that, that I'm bringing in coaches and bringing in players that, that believe in what this program is capable of and want to uh, put everything that they have into it to make sure um, that we create that, that tradition that I was talking about. You know, I thought we did a great job as, as a team when I played, you know, and then, and then there was a little bit of drop off at some point, but man, it's the tools are there, you know, the foundation is there. Um, Everything is there that we could possibly need. And um, I just look forward to winning a ton of games. I look forward to championships. I look forward to everything that's to come, all conference players. You know, I, I, I we have a great set of kids in here, uh, and I call them kids because I feel like they're my kids. But, um, you know, just a great set of young women who, um, you know, believe in each other, push each other every day, and I think that's going to pay off. Uh, in the very near future for us. Wow. Well, no doubt about that, Coach. Thank you so much for all of your time today. Your thoughts on um, some very difficult subjects at a very difficult time in our country. And um, just to appreciate the impact that you're making on the young women there at the University of North Texas. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for that. And again, I appreciate you having me, John. It's always great talking to you and sharing with you and hearing from you. So uh, I'm sure we'll we'll meet again soon. Yes. Yes, we will. COVID be darned. Absolutely. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. That's Jaylee Mitchell, my good friend here on the Her Hoop Stats podcast. Thank you so much to Coach Mitchell. And I enjoy meeting new people on this show. I've gotten to do that dozens of times now and talk to coaches or players for the first time. But then I also enjoy talking to people that I go way back with and bringing some of their brilliance to you as well. So I I know you enjoyed Coach Mitchell there, and I encourage you to check out her program and what she does this next season. Just a reminder, a friendly one, if you get the chance on Apple Podcasts, we always appreciate that five-star rating, that review, that helps other people find the show. Can't wait to see you again next week. For our executive producer, Aaron Barzalot, Susie Solis, our announcer, and our music by Jared Deck, jareddeckmusic.com. I'm John Little, reminding you, at the Her Hoop Stats podcast, we're unlocking better insight about the women's game. Her 
Poop stats. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.